Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your SmackDown post show for October 28th, 2022. I am your host, JD from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings, wherever you may be. People are still filtering on in here, man. I know it's a busy sports Friday. We got the NBA, we got the World Series starting tonight. And then Friday Night SmackDown preempted from Fox to FS1 tonight. But I hope everybody is oozy after tonight's show, man. Remain oozy. I don't want you guys to be like Jay Uso and not be oozy. SmackDown tonight, man, very lackluster show. WWE this week has just been very lackluster. And I know on Monday I cited that Crown Jewel and the lack of build for Crown Jewel is probably the number one proponent as to why WWE TV right now is stale. I wouldn't say stale. I think stale is a harsh word. Lackluster is a good word. Boring is a good word. They have direction, but Survivor Series is the ultimate destination. War Games is the ultimate destination. Crown Jewel is nothing more than a haphazardly put-together spectacle that Saudi is paying for and WWE is forced to do whatever they, they want to do. So that's the reason why WWE TV's been a little lackluster. Some things are, you know, lacking focus and certain people are not on TV because they don't participate in the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. But that doesn't mean all is bad. Even through the lacklusterness of tonight's show, Sami Zayn is absolutely fucking incredible. If you asked anybody, would Sami Zayn be in the bloodline before all of this even got started? Would Sami Zayn be the most over individual in the entire bloodline? None of you would have predicted yes. None of you. This was not on anybody's pro wrestling scorecard or bingo card at the beginning of 2022. That segment tonight was great. I don't know what I could really add on top. It was more than great. It was fucking incredible. It went from a decent tag team match that is clearly building towards war games. I do think it will be the Brawling Brutes and the Usos um, kind of leading into the War Games pay-per-view or the Survivor Series War Games stipulation because that match was announced at Crown Jewel. It's going to be the Brawling Brutes and the Usos. And whatever happens there, it will continue on into Survivor Series with the Brawling Brutes against the Bloodline. Maybe then we'll see Roman get involved and maybe Sammy's Day of Judgment may be there. I don't know. But everything about this storyline, 
has just been perfect. And Sami Zayn has documented that he doesn't know where it's going. The fans are loving it. It's just special is the best way for me to put it. They went from a great tag team match tonight, Sammy and Solo versus Butch and Rich Holland. And they told the story of Jay and Sami Zayn breaking down more so than any other week. This was the week where fireworks were going off between Sami Zayn and Jay Uso on a night that Roman Reigns was back. And we haven't seen Roman Reigns yet up until the end of this match. He was still arriving to the building. So the bloodline lose. Sami Zayn gets pinned because of this turmoil brewing with Jay Uso. And then we get Roman Reigns out there to address his troops. And he was not a happy camper. This was a serious segment all the way through. Roman came out there absolutely stone cold. He was going to do what a leader of a group should do. And he addressed the elephant in the room, Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. At the end of this segment, it went from Roman is going to fucking break some skulls to downright fucking comedy. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Sami Zayn had cracked legitimately everybody in the bloodline. We didn't see Solo because he was off camera. I would have loved to see Solo Sokoa's reaction to all of this. This man in front of millions broke the world heavyweight champion. And I didn't think that was possible. He did it once, but it was it was there. It was noticeable, but it wasn't like tonight. Roman Reigns legitimately, if he could, would have dropped the microphone and would have fucking cried laughing. Because that's exactly what I did tonight, and I'm sure many of you did as well. I watched this segment about five or six different times, and it did not get old at all. This will go down as, A, the best bloodline segment of the entire year, right next to the one where Roman Reigns threw Sami Zayn the honorary Oos t-shirt and anointed him the honorary Oos. This is number one, and that's number two. Tonight was the absolute best bloodline segment. It may be the best in-ring segment of WWE all year. That's how great it was. And I don't know where we go from here. Roman Reigns said a lot of shit. The ideas are out there in the community. What's what's the next step here? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that all these men will be in war games. All these men will be locked in the cage. Sammy's going to have to go to war with the bloodline to prove that he's an oose. And I think that's where things will really kind of present themselves as far as the story is concerned. Ronda Rousey. She is fucking terrible. Ronda Rousey is awful. Ronda Drowsy. Uh, we're going to have to bring back Ronda Drowsy. We're going to bring back all Ronda Drowsy skit. Ronda Drowsy. She is fucking awful. Emma. Not Emmalina. Not Tennille Dashwood. Emma is back in WWE. Not a big fan of the name. I really do wish that we could use Tennille Dashwood, but that's not WWE's motto. Emma. Emma is back. She looks great. She looked good in the ring tonight. She did. Ronda did not. What is with WWE bringing back people who, A, were never really that over to begin with? Outside of her work in NXT, her main roster run, I don't even remember what Emma did on the main roster. I don't. I don't. And if you think you do, you're probably bullshitting yourself. 
If you remember anything from this woman's main roster run, you are probably either Wikipediaing it or you're a complete bullshit artist. Nobody, nobody, nobody remembers. WWE did her dirty tonight. A match against Ronda Rousey with an open challenge is not the best way to go about reintroducing somebody that is going to need the help of the machine to get over. Otherwise, why is she back? Did not like that at all. Happy she's back. I thought she looked great. But that match, my God, was that fucking terrible. Outside of that, really nothing else happened on SmackDown tonight, man. Nothing. It was a very, very lackluster show. I don't know if WWE moving to FS1 kind of held back on a lot, knowing that they were going to be absolutely slaughtered by the World Series tonight, and they didn't put enough juice into this show for that reason. I don't know. I don't know. I hope the World Series is over by the time we come to next Friday, SmackDown. I really do hope so, because I honestly think the World Series is affecting a lot of things. It's affecting pro wrestling. It's affecting the live streams that we do on YouTube. A lot of interest is in everything but pro wrestling right now. This Crown Jewel pay-per-view was not helping. A lot of people are going to be missing this show, so a lot of people... By default, if you do not watch any of the Saudi shows, you are not going to watch weekly television because none of the stuff that they present on weekly television is good enough for you to care. And then we'll see you later come Survivor Series. So it's going to be a little bit of a rough patch for a lot of different things going into the Saudi show and with everything else going on. But I'm going to try my best to give you guys the lowdown on everything that happened tonight in WWE, and I thought outside of that, it was, like I said, a very, very lackluster show for WWE. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining me tonight on the podcast. We got 1,500 in here, still filtering on in. Gonna need you guys to hit the thumbs up, man. I need 1,000 likes minimum on tonight's podcast, minimum. Not $9.99, not $800, minimum, $1,000. Super Chats are open, man. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show, as always, with our cold beverages. Super Chats, always encouraged, always. VIP memberships, man, always accepting applications. Get them on in. Become a channel member today on Off The Script. I was actually live earlier this afternoon. Not many of you probably realize that. But I was live earlier this afternoon with a big extra. I'll probably go over a little bit of what I talked about then, but go check it out, man. Tons of stuff in there. CM Punk, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns. Returns to the WWE that you might not be thinking of. We saw Emma come back tonight, but there are two possible other returns that Triple H is thinking about. So make sure you guys go and check that out on the homepage for you. On top of everything else, man, Dynamite. Extras during the week, Monday Night Raw, on the homepage. Go check out all the other content and get yourself up to date on everything. I was in discussion tonight during SmackDown with my guy, Don Tony. We will be live next Thursday. Don Tony and I will be live on YouTube, on his channel, and it's going to be an epic, epic showdown, an epic discussion between the OG and JD. It's going to be a great discussion, man. 
his Forbidden Door podcast number three. He's had Cronin on. He's got Solid Monster on there as well. And this coming week, we're going to have yours truly on. It's going to be a spectacle. I want everybody that I know here, all my VIPs, everybody that's listening, I want you guys to show up there, and I want us to have a fucking party. Man, I want to bring the venue to Don Tony. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Next Thursday on his channel, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be fun. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys check out my sponsor for today's show as well. Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code script 20 at checkout. 20% off. Free shipping. And follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. We fulfilled four cameos this week, man. You guys are fucking awesome. I love you. And I'll see most of you guys tomorrow. If you guys are going to be in the New York City area, Club Laboom, House of Glory tomorrow night. We are going live on Fight TV. So if you guys are going to be at Laboom, come up and say what's up to me and Solid Monster. We'll be there on the call, as always, for House of Glory tomorrow night in Queens. Let's get into this thing, man. SmackDown. Started off with a tag team match with the Brawling Brutes. That is Ridge Holland and Butch. Sheamus is in storyline, out, injured. Now, the reason why Sheamus is out is not because he's injured. It's because he is actually getting married. And what I love about this, I was just legitimately... Now, he proposed to his girlfriend, I believe, sometime last year or earlier this year. I don't know exactly when. But the, the, the thing that I like about Seamus and him getting married, where he proposed to his girlfriend, Isabella, is exactly where I was. It was one of the main reasons why I went to Ireland um, a couple of weeks ago. So we got Seamus going to the Cliffs of Moher in Ireland. And he proposed to his girlfriend, Isabella, and he's getting married this coming week. And that's tremendous. So shout out to Seamus. And we love Seamus. Seamus is a big fucking, you know, VIP here on the podcast. We love Seamus. And I hope that there are many a Guinness in his celebratory activities this coming week when he gets married. So congratulations to Seamus. And Drew McIntyre. Yes, Mike and Y. Drew McIntyre. Uh, not on the show this week because Drew McIntyre is actually the best man at Sheamus's wedding, which is also fucking incredible, man. So hopefully everybody there celebrating has a good time celebrating Sheamus's big day. SmackDown started off tonight with the Brawling Brutes, Rich Holland and Butch against Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa. This was a random tag team match made out of last week's happenings. So we got this match to open SmackDown tonight. And obviously the story here is Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. What is Sami Zayn going to do to contain the animal that is Jey Uso? So Brawling Brutes, they're in there. They're beating Sami Zayn down. They got a little bit of an early advantage there on Sami Zayn. They were in control. Sokoa made a blind tag to Sami Zayn. And then the bloodline took over with Butch, isolating Butch on their side of the ring, cutting the ring off from Rich Holland. 
Jimmy Uso took a cheap shot, so he's on the outside. Everything is flowing well. Everything's going well for the bloodline up until this point. Butch started to fight back, took out Sami Zayn with a running knee. After a distraction from the Usos, Sokoa rocked Butch with a clothesline from behind. So Butch is fighting back. He caught Sokoa with a DDT, tries to make a tag to Rich Holland. Zayn cut him off. Butch broke free. He gets the tag. Rich Holland comes in hot. Sokoa fought back, caught Holland with a jumping Samoan drop, goes for a cover, gets a near fall. Holland and Sokoa now in the ring. They're trading headbutts back and forth, and I'm not sure Rich Holland is smart, but he is trading headbutts with a Samoan. That's not something you do. So Holland and Sokoa are trading headbutts, and they collide, and they both make a tag. Jake caused the distraction, allowing Sami Zayn to roll up Butch for a near fall. Almost got the job done there. All would have been good for the bloodline. Zayn missed his halluva kick, and Dunn climbed to the top rope. Fans, big time into Sammy. So, we got things breaking down at this point. Jay Uso pulls Sammy Zayn out of the ring. He pulls him out of the ring. Dunn was setting up for a moonsault. Jay Uso pulls Sammy Zayn out of the ring, and Sammy Zayn is getting upset at Jay Uso. He describes to Jay Uso, I was playing possum. What are you doing? And then Jay Uso's like, I'm trying to save you, Uso. I'm trying to save you. You told us. That you, you wanted all hands on deck. I'm trying to save you. He was about to jump on you. And then Sami Zayn, I got it, I got it, I got it. He didn't really know that Sami Zayn was strategically in the mindset of evading the move. That he was just playing possum. Jay Uso didn't understand. Jay Uso was very upset at this and started yelling at Sami Zayn and said, if you don't get out of my face, I'm trying to help you. If you continue to talk to me that way, I'm going to fucking knock your head off. Is basically what he said. So Zayn is there outside the ring arguing with Jay Uso. And as this is going on, Sokoa knocked Pete Dunn down. He's the only one paying attention to anything in the ring. The referee's counting up until 10. Then he tried to calm down Jay and Sami Zayn on the outside. He gets in the middle of these two guys arguing. Holland took advantage, wiped out Jay and Sokoa with a shoulder tackle. Zayn turned around. Dunn caught him in the ring with a small package upon entry. One, two, three, and the bloodline lose because of Sami Zayn and Jay Uso's arguing. And that's the way the match comes to an end. After the match, Zayn and Jay Uso continued to argue in the ring. Jimmy took Zayn's side and he got in Jay's face. So even the Usos now are fighting. All over this nonsense with Sami Zayn. Everybody is siding with Sami Zayn. Roman Reigns' music hits. Roman Reigns comes down. They all fall in line, and they are now scared about what is going to happen here with Roman Reigns showing himself to the bloodline. So Roman Reigns gets in there. He takes his sweet-ass time, and Reigns is in the middle of the ring. He does his acknowledge-me shit. He said, if they want to act like kids, he's going to have to treat them like kids. He says he wants to put it all on the table right now, and I want everybody to just let it out. Rain says he wants this problem fixed right now. So Zayn said, okay. He picked up the microphone. He started talking, and Roman Reigns is just standing there with his head down, and they're going to argue it out. They're going to talk it out. Zayn says, okay. He's going to admit that there's been a communication problem as of late. 
He said specifically, it's been between me and Jay Uso. So Sami Zayn is admitting fault. Zayn says he doesn't know what's going on. He says that he likes Jay and they always get along. Zayn said ever since he started hanging out with the bloodline, he feels like Jay doesn't like him. He says he doesn't know what he did. Zayn said that Jimmy likes him, Solo likes him, Roman likes him. So he doesn't understand what Jay's problem is. Zayn then apologized for whatever he did and asked Jay to bury the hatchet. He apologized. Sami Zayn apologized to Jay Uso. Jay says, he's fake. Would you take a bullet for the bloodline? This is my family. I'd take a bullet for the bloodline. Zayn says he wants to make peace because that's what Reigns wants. And then Jay Uso, so fucking mad, he doesn't know what he's saying. He then yells, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief says. Roman Reigns, the, 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 the camera shot on Roman Reigns' face here was absolutely fucking incredible. They zoomed in on Reigns. He had this look of, I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of this guy right now. He slow turned around and said, what the fuck did you just say? The camera shot of Roman Reigns here was fucking epic. Legitimately epic. So, Reigns, he's upset. He snapped his head back at Jay Uso. Reigns stared Jay down. Zayn gets involved. He gets in between Roman and Jay. And Zayn says what Jay said was super messed up. He didn't mean it. Zayn says that Jay's been through a lot lately. He's got a lot on his mind. And Jay isn't really acting very oozy. And then this is where the entire segment broke down. Roman Reigns turned away from the fucking camera, turned away from all of the bloodline because he couldn't help but fucking crack a goddamn smile. He, he would have broke into laughter if it was up to him. Jimmy's in the back snickering and fucking holding his fucking hand over his mouth. Jay Uso wanted to fucking bust out laughing. Jay Uso, who's being scolded by the world champion, puts his hand over his fucking face and does this, hiding his face from the fucking audience because he can't stop laughing. Doing this. Just hiding his fucking face. He, he, this was to see everybody having a great fucking time. It, it translates to me that we're having a good time as well. When they're having a good time, we're having a good time at home watching. And you got genuine fucking guys out there who have great... Sami Zayn has such great comedic timing. It is incredible. Jay Uso's done a fantastic job of showing his intensity. The thing that got everybody laughing was fucking Roman Reigns, man. This is the world fucking champion. And Roman Reigns cracked under Sami Zayn's comedic timing. Now, we didn't see Solo... Paul Heyman pretty much had a straight face. I mean, he probably thought it was hilarious too. This was absolutely fucking just grade A television. Loved it. Reigns put his hand on Jay's shoulder. Jay is like this, holding his fucking laughter in. Reigns then finally says, as we get a chant of Usi, Usi, this is when Reigns wanted to fucking just ball out laughing. When the fans in St. Louis chanted Usi, Reigns wanted to lose it. Reigns says, listen, he went along with it. He went along with the whole skit because that's what Roman Reigns does. He feeds off the crowd, sees what they're into, and then he goes along with it. He says, listen, 
while he's like smiling because he finds this so funny. He says, if you can't find your inner Usi, then he's going to make Sami Zayn a full-blown Usi. You see this honorary Usi? I'm going to get rid of the honorary. I'm going to make him a full-blown Usi. Jay Uso wanted to fucking, just, again, just crack up laughing. Then, Sami Zayn's face, he's like, you know, he's like, he's shocked. He's like fucking on cloud nine because he's going to be a real oose ordained by Roman Reigns. He's like, really? You know? So, Reigns then says, if you don't figure this shit out, I'll even go a step further. If you don't figure this shit out, I'm going to change this man's name. I'm going to say, I'm going to change Sami Zayn's name to Sami Uso. And then Jay, at that point, just wanted to lose it. Sami Uso, the, the crowd in St. Louis started chanting. The crowds chanted Sami Uso. Zayn again, shocked. He's like, really? You know, he was fucking in glee with Sami Zayn. Heyman then took the microphone and said, Reigns has called an end to this segment. He says, you can see Reigns on Peacock for Crown Jewel when he defends the Universal Championship against Logan Paul. Heyman threw the microphone down and said, now a word from our sponsor. We go to commercial break. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know, a lot of people may look at this. This is the thing that I hope we don't hear from a lot of people because the more genuine it is, the more entertaining it is. I hope a lot of people don't look at this and say, man, this was a serious segment. And then it broke down into, you know, this comedic segment by the end. You know, it's not a bad thing that it happened because this, this is just who Sami Zayn is. If, if you think this is bad, then you're going to, then you're going to be one of those guys that probably thinks we should start kind of toning the comedy down and, changing who Sami Zayn is. The reason why this is so over the way it is is because Sami Zayn has been allowed to be himself. And that's what's gotten this to like epic levels at this point. So I feel like with what they got going on here, I wouldn't change a fucking thing at all about the bloodline and how they're handling the Jay Uso and Sami Uso situation. This was great. Now, how is Jay Uso going to figure it out? How is Jay Uso going to start feeling a little bit more oozy? That's the thing. I was expecting Roman Reigns to say, you know what? With what you said, the blatant disrespect of what you said to me tonight, I thought that Sami Zayn was going to fill in for Jay Uso and be tag team partners with Jimmy Uso and be the tag team champions. I thought they were going to adopt the Freebird rule tonight. And I thought that Roman Reigns was going to appoint Sami Zayn as not only the honorary Uso, but fill in tag team partner of Jimmy Uso defending the tag team championships because of what he said tonight. That would have been a great way to give Sami Zayn responsibility. And if he fucked it up and lost the tag team championships, then they would have a reason to kick him out of the bloodline. But I am glad that they didn't do that because I think War Games is going to be the setting for that. Now, Sami Zayn... I don't know what's next for him. I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of questions left to be answered. Uh, but all I can say is I, I can't wait to see what happens next. You know, Sami Zayn was even talking about this on an interview he just recently did. And we went over this. We went over this on Off the Script Extra this week. 
Sami Zayn doesn't even know when this storyline is going to really hit the next point because the original idea with the alliance and his alliance with Sammy, uh, the bloodline, Sami Zayn, you know, he said that he was totally caught off guard by this as well. And he don't even know himself where it's going. He says he's just enjoying it for what it is, and he's super pleased that the fans are enjoying it as well. He says, this is one of the more filled-out long-term stories I've ever been a part of, and it's long even by WWE standards, which it is. It definitely is. Usually we might do two or three-month stories, but I've been aligned with the bloodline in some respects since April, and we're still kind of only scratching the surface as to where this is going to go. The initial idea was to just have some on-screen interactions every now and again because it made sense as the self-proclaimed locker room leader. I should have good rapport with the head of the table, so we were kind of cooking up that idea, and that's where he left it. He says, I'm past the point of trying to predict what the end game is, but I think at this point we have such a level of investment that whatever happens, I think fans are going to just be there along for the ride. It's been really a lot of fun and seeing how much the fans have loved what's been going on, it's been really rewarding for me. You got to love it. You got to love it, man. You got to love Sammy. You got to love this storyline. This is the best WWE angle that they've had in years. In years. I would would go out there and say this is probably the best storytelling that we've seen since Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano in NXT as they fought over the NXT championship. Unbelievable stuff. I'm very much looking forward. And WWE announced the Elimination Chamber is going to be taking place in Montreal in Sami Zayn's hometown. Is that going to be a place, a destination, where Sami is exiled from the bloodline? So we got some legs to this. We got War Games. That's the next big destination. And then Elimination Chamber now announced for Montreal at the end of February. It's going to be very interesting, man. I can't wait to see what happens. We get the maximum male models. We go from, oh my God, such a great segment to forgettable. Maximum male models against the New Day. This is Marseille and Mansoir with Maxine Dupree. I don't believe we're still doing this shit. This thing is still going on even without Max Dupree or LA Knight. End it. Get rid of it. I said this months ago. I think Tyler Breeze would be great for the Maximum Male Models. I would. Love to see him back. Maybe they do that. Outside of that idea, which I don't think is going to happen, this shit sucks. And you're just wasting these two guys' time because this is never going to go anywhere and it's never going to get over with any audience, period. It's just a joke. New Day. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, they win in about four minutes. No real importance to this. The only thing I could really say here is with the New Day winning, how they won, uh, we got Mansoor charging in at Kofi Kingston in the corner. Kingston hit a kick, followed by a big splash off the top. Uh, Mansoir struggled a little bit getting to the top rope, so he got thrown down to the mat. Kofi Kingston hits a big splash on the back of Mansoir, and then he tagged in Woods, and then they hit the midnight hour for the win, one, two, three. Now... The reason why the New Day is being featured here and they're probably going to get some wins over some teams on SmackDown is because they're building up the idea of the Usos and the New Day for the Tag Team Championships. Why? Even though we've seen it so many times, it's because the New Day 
are the current reigning holders of the longest tag team title reign in WWE history. That record is severely coming to an end by the Usos. The Usos are going to own the record for the longest reigning tag team champions of all time. So WWE's idea is, well, if we have two of these teams still being a major part of the tag team division now, and their rivalry is years long, and they have great matches together, why not build something out of that so we can get the Usos to the new year still holding the tag team championships and then come up with a plan as to how and who they will drop those titles to? But I'm okay with this. They need challenges. And if you're going to create a storyline out of, well, the New Day wants the tag team championships and the opportunity to break the record because they want to hold the record, I'm okay with that. I think that's great. So sign me up. When it happens, I don't know. It'll probably happen on SmackDown being that the pay-per-view coming up after Crown Jewel of Survivor Series, and I don't see them doing it there. We may get it on a random episode of SmackDown, which I'm okay with. So... I'm okay with the Usos in the New Day. So they get the win over the Maximum Male Models in about four minutes. What'd you expect? A classic? Four minutes, New Day wins. Kayla Braxton. She's in the back. She welcomed Sonya Deville. Kayla asked Deville if she was going to answer Ronda Rousey's open challenge. Deville said she wasn't going to tell Kayla that. It would ruin the surprise. DeVille then said Liv Morgan also won't be answering the challenge because Morgan lost to Rousey and was a joke of a champion. Should have never even been considered for the championship in the first place. Morgan then just flew out of nowhere off screen and she attacked Sony DeVille. Officials came in and pulled Morgan off of Sony DeVille and this was a big brawl in the back. I'm over there looking for clues because I know there were a couple of clues in the last couple of segments with Liv Morgan in the back. There were Bray Wyatt clues. I did notice that there was a Bray Wyatt logo on one of the production crates that they were fighting over. I don't know what the Bray Wyatt clues are in these particular segments. A lot of people are associating Liv Morgan to the Wyatt Six, or maybe there's some association there When the the group comes to be and is formed on television, maybe Liv Morgan ends up joining the group. But there was a Bray Wyatt logo on the production crate. I don't know how many of you guys picked up on that. It's been going like that for a couple of weeks in these random segments backstage. You still see these Wyatt clues going on uh, on WWE TV. Braun Strowman. He's in the back. He says, there's always someone bigger and stronger than you are. He said that Omos is bigger, but not stronger. Strowman mentioned all the things, and we've seen highlight packages of Strowman overturning ambulances and overturning huge tractor trailers and him pulling down the Titan Tron and all these other feats that Braun Strowman used to do back when he was cool. So Strowman says that Omos is going to find out that no giant is too big for the monster of all monsters. I can't wait for Braun Strowman to end Omas and move on from this nonsense. Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey made her entrance and she is back to being cringe. Ronda Rousey. And I don't like it. I think Ronda Rousey is honestly one of the most boring aspects of WWE television. 
I thought she was I thought she was going to be trending as a heel. I thought Ronda was going to be moving forward as a heel. And that's not the case. She came out and she's smiling and she's holding the championship. And it's just like it was when Vince McMahon was there. And I don't really understand why. She's not a good babyface. She's not. She can't cut a promo in a babyface way. She doesn't wrestle like a babyface. So why are we doing babyface? She's just disgusting. She's awful. She doesn't get anything. And she's just not a good watch on television. And I've always felt that way about Ronda Rousey, especially in this second run. So she's got this open challenge. And she's got the microphone. She gets this mixed reaction because I think a lot of people kind of feel the same way about Ronda Rousey as I do. She said, the belt... The belt is back where it belongs. And she holds up the title. She said, the crowd, you guys are in luck because I'm in the mood to prove it with an open challenge. Now, I don't expect the crowd to appreciate me as champion. And I don't expect that out of the crowd because... Only the great can recognize greatness. You're all too mediocre for that. And then she called out the rest of the locker room. She said, enough of the games. Enough of the games. Let's get right to it. Who's it going to be to come out here and um, challenge me for the um, SmackDown Women's Championship? Ronda Rousey. All of a sudden, Emma, Tennille Dashwood makes her entrance And she's back in WWE. This was the going rumor today on several of the dirt sheets that Tennille Dashwood would be back in WWE and that she was going to be on SmackDown because she was backstage before tonight's show. Fightful did a Q&A show today on Patreon, and they indicated that we could have seen Emma return on SmackDown tonight, and then PW Insider picked up on this and then reported that Emma was indeed backstage tonight at SmackDown, and she is expected to answer the Ronda Rousey Open Challenge on SmackDown tonight for the Women's Championship. Tennille Dashwood just finished up with Impact earlier this year after a few years with Impact Wrestling. Emma is back. Michael Cole even went on to say that Emma was one of the most popular females in the NXT Women's Division. And one and one was one of the most prominent figures in getting the women's revolution started. It was Emma, and she mentioned, or, or Michael Cole rather mentioned, that Emma was in the finals of the first ever inaugural women's championship match in NXT, and she was going one on one with Paige, and Paige was mentioned on WWE TV tonight. So Emma's out there, and she comes out. She gets the ring entrance, she's got new theme music, and she gets this very, very, very lukewarm reaction, and it's not good at all. And I'm asking myself, why are we going and doing Emma on WWE television in this way with an open challenge where we know she's not going to win the championship against Ronda Rousey, and there's no video package, there's no hype package, there's no vignettes. There's no coming soon to SmackDown. You just throw her out there into the deep end of the pool and you expect her to swim against somebody that shouldn't even be swimming in the fucking kiddie pool 
in Ronda Rousey. I don't get it. What a botch by WWE. No reaction in a match against Ronda, who is not a ring general at all, and there's no saving this match at that point. Emma's getting no reaction. Ronda sucks at what she does, and the crowd was completely indifferent to this to a point where the match felt unimportant. SmackDown Women's Championship match, the return of Emma, who's one of the faces of the women's revolution, started the women's revolution with Paige, and no reaction at all. That is a terrible decision by management, if you ask me. Now, it's great to see her back. Don't get me wrong. I think there is value in using her if built up correctly. But WWE's done this already with Candice LeRae. They did the same thing with Candice LeRae. Who on the main roster? The casual main roster audience. Do they know who Candice LeRae is? No. No, they don't. And he just sent Candice LeRae out there. And it's going to take a while for people to warm up and really understand and know who Candice LeRae is. And he just sent her out there. Triple H just sent her out there. Now he did the same thing with Emma. It's not a good look. The match itself absolutely suffered. Suffered. This was one of the worst women's matches that you could possibly conceive for a return of somebody like Emma, a veteran like Emma. So they had this match. Sloppy isn't even the word for this match. We got Ronda Rousey in there. She dominated Emma, kicked her to the floor. Emma started to fight back. Rousey regained control again, showing her strength. Rousey stalked Emma around ringside. Emma moved out of the way. Rousey crashed into the steps. Emma caught Rousey in a tarantula on the ropes and followed with a flying crossbody off the top rope for a near fall. Rousey then regained control and mocked Emma. Emma started firing back, caught Rousey with a clothesline. Rousey took back over with an ankle lock. Emma was about to tap, and then she breaks free, briefly gained control with a German suplex, which looked fucking sloppy. The setup for this German suplex looked ridiculous. Ronda charged in. She was supposed to hit the turnbuckle. She didn't hit the turnbuckle. She stopped short of the turnbuckle. They fumbled. Emma went for a German suplex. It took her forever to get Rousey up in the suplex and nailed the German suplex. Not good. Not good. So German suplex. All of a sudden, we get the finish. Referee was momentarily distracted. Rousey poked Emma in the eyes. Cheated to win. Piper's pit. One, two, three, that was it. Arm bar was it, that's goodbye. Sucks. This match sucked. And I'm sorry that they put Emma in this match. I really am. This is not the way you go about reintroducing somebody to the WWE audience by putting them in the ring with Ronda Rousey. The idea was probably, hey, we'll put you in there with Ronda, you'll get over on a, on a major spotlight in your return with Ronda Rousey, the biggest name in our women's division. Doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You got to do a lot to get the fans to care about somebody returning like this who basically had nothing memorable in their first go around in the company. Like I said earlier, you do not remember a single fucking thing from Emma's WWE run. Not one. So who in this audience knows who Emma is? Then you got the lackluster fucking reaction, the goddamn awful match that we got. First impressions are everything, bro. First impressions are everything. How do you think the fans are going to walk away from this if there are people in that crowd that don't know who Emma is and you watch that match, hearing that reaction and feeling the energy in that arena, 
First impressions are everything. Your first impression of them is going to be like, this is a fucking jobber. Triple H brought this person back, but she's no good. She didn't have a good match with Ronda Rousey. She's the SmackDown Women's Champion. They're going to blame it on Emma. Not a good look. Not a good look. WWE announced Bianca Belair versus Bayley in a last woman standing match for Crown Jewel. I honestly think I am over the Bianca Belair and Bayley matches. If Bayley doesn't win the championship at Crown Jewel, I don't know what the fuck we're doing here. I really don't. I don't see it happening. But you would think that Bayley's getting another shot at the title that she wins it this time. I don't know what they're going to do. Unless Bianca beats Bayley and then they give damage control war games is the only other option. I just don't see them taking the belt off Bianca right now. I don't. So we'll see what happens. So we go on from Ronda Rousey and Emma and we go back to the locker room with Jay Uso. He's in the back with Paul Heyman. Jay Uso's trying to get into Roman Reigns' locker room, but Heyman held him back. Heyman said that sometimes it's better for Reigns to hear things from him. Jay asked if Heyman had him. Heyman says he always has Jay. Always, always, and always. Jay walked off, shook Paul Heyman's hand. Heyman looked very, I would say, uh, exasperated uh, exas- uh, for uh, the interaction with Jay Uso. He looked just like spent. He, he let out a big sigh. He's like, he doesn't know what to tell him. After what we just heard and saw with the bloodline, he doesn't know what to tell Jay Uso. He's got him, but he doesn't know how he's going to tell Roman Reigns about Jay Uso. Legato, they made their entrance and they're about to go into a six man tag team match against Hit Row. So we got Hit Row and Legato del Fantasma. Now, this is three-on-three. We got three on Legato's side, and we got Hit Row, who is Ashante Adonis and Top Dalla, and then they're missing one. Now, everybody thought, who's going to be the new member of Hit Row? Are they going to add a member to Hit Row? I thought they were going to add a member to Hit Row. People were throwing names out there, and, and some good names. Some good names. Leo Rush, that was a top name. Add Leo Rush to Hit Row. One of the names that a lot of people have been, uh, has been talking about especially with his loss at Halloween Havoc is Carmelo Hayes. I don't think that would necessarily work. I think that's actually beneath Carmelo Hayes. But we didn't get really any surprises out of this. This was basically Legato versus Hit Row, and then they called a friend. They called the friend in Shinsuke Nakamura, and Shinsuke Nakamura was the tag team partner with Hit Row against Legato Del Fantasma, which... I mean, even this match did not really feel all that important because it barely went four minutes. It did not have any juice to it. And that's because Hit Row isn't really hot right now. Nobody knows who Legato is. And you're putting these two teams together and there's no real juice between these teams. There was juice between these teams on the main roster and they thought maybe we'll inject Shinsuke Nakamura into this and we'll generate some excitement. But even with Nakamura there, it didn't really do anything. There's no juice between these two teams, and it came off rather lackluster, in my honest opinion. Now, Legato is a great act. You may not know it, 
You may not know it, you may not see it yet, but if you watch NXT, you know how good they are. They may not feel it on the main roster right now because they haven't really done much. They haven't done much since their debut, that great attack on Hit Row in their debut. They haven't done much of anything since then. B-Fab introduced Shinsuke Nakamura. The faces jumped in the ring, beat down Legato. They cleared the ring. B-Fab took out Vega. The match started. Heels took over when Vega tried to interfere. Legato isolated Deshante on their side of the ring. Nakamura tagged in and tossed Joaquin Wilde and Cruz Del Toro all over the ring. Nakamura and Santos then get in there. Now, that's an interesting match. Nakamura and Santos Escobar. Sign me up. They start trading shots at one another. Nakamura took over, hit a sliding German, which he usually does in the ropes. Top dollar then took out Wild and Del Toro with the big slam that he does. And then, being that Legato are luchadors, this man wants to grab one of the arms of, I don't know who it was. It wasn't, I think it was Santos. He grabs Santos' arm. He runs with an arm drag up the ropes, and he, he springboards up to the top rope. And he did some lucha move up to the top rope and then jumped off and double axe handled um, Santos right in the arm. I'm like, okay, top dollar. I didn't expect him to be pulling out some luchador fucking style maneuvers, but there he is, top dollar. So top dollar took out Santos. He tossed wild in the air. Nakamura hit the Kinshasa. One, two, three, and hit row unceremoniously and very lackluster-ish win this match over Legato and Santos. No juice. There's no juice to it. It's just there. Moving on. We got some backstage segments. We got Ronda Rousey's in the back. Ronda Rousey's in the back. Shayna Baszler's there as she's walking through the back, congratulating Ronda Rousey on her big win over Emma. Natalia then comes out of nowhere and says, Ronda Rousey just got lucky. But Ronda Rousey just got lucky. She said if she had answered the open challenge, then she would be champion by now. All of a sudden, Baszler choked out Natty, left her on the floor, and Shayna and Ronda walked away together. Are we finally now starting to see the alliance between Shayna and Ronda? Because I hope to God that the cringe baby face like Ronda Rousey that we saw tonight goes away and she acts more like Shayna. I hope Shayna actually rubs off on Ronda Rousey. She desperately needs it, especially if she's going to be booked in a match at WrestleMania against Becky Lynch. Moving on. We go from that to Roman Reigns. He's in the back. Jay Uso wants to talk to Roman. Heyman says he'll talk to Roman for him. Reigns is in the back. He's playing on his phone. I don't know what he's doing. He may be playing Pokemon Go. I don't know what Roman Reigns is doing out there. Heyman asked Reigns, listen, you got to watch this footage. So Paul Heyman picks up a remote, turns on the TV. He played a tape of Logan Paul boxing and sparring with trainers. And we see Logan Paul boxing, and he's getting ready for the match, training for the match against Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. The tape ends after about 13 seconds or so. Reigns asked, why are we watching this? Why are we worried about this? Heyman says, we watch it because... 
my tribal chief, it only takes one lucky punch. Heyman said that a doctor who knows a doctor that knows his doctor said that steel pins in Logan's Paul, Logan Paul's hand are dangerous. He's got steel pins in his hand. Reigns says that Paul has only had two matches. Two matches. This will be his third. Heyman says, yes, this will be Logan Paul's third match. And Brock Lesnar won his first UFC title in his third match. Heyman said that Paul is not Brock Lesnar. He then backtracks and says that Lesnar is not Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns beat Lesnar at WrestleMania. And he goes on and on. He continues to dig himself a hole here with Roman Reigns as Roman Reigns is getting more angry and more angry. Heyman then stopped himself and says, listen, I'm going to excuse myself. And Roman Reigns says, yeah, you should. I'm going to excuse myself and I'm going to go get the jet ready for my tribal chief. Yes, my tribal chief. Yes, my tribal chief. So Roman Reigns is not is not uh, too concerned about Logan Paul. And I know that they're going to play up the fact. I wouldn't be surprised just to give that shock factor. I wouldn't be surprised if Logan Paul gets in the first 60 seconds or so, 60 to 90 seconds. I would not be shocked if Logan Paul gets a stiff right hand on Roman Reigns, knocks him out, and goes to the cover one, two, and they make a believable pinfall right at the word go for that world title match at Crown Jewel. Obviously, Roman's not going to lose to Logan Paul, but they're going to play up the fact of that big right hand, that one lucky punch narrative. They're going to play it up. At some point in that match, you're going to get it, and you're going to get, oh my God, he almost won the title. And we all know that's not going to happen. Because why would Logan Paul win the WWE Universal Championship? Sounds ridiculous. Kayla was in the back. She was with L.A. Knight. And he said the announcer got his hometown wrong last week. Ricochet, all of a sudden, comes into the promo, and he interrupted L.A. Knight. He says that when someone gets as big of a head as L.A. Knight, someone is going to knock it around. Knight said that Ricochet was right, and Knight is God's gift to SmackDown. So basically, L.A. Knight was saying, yes, I'm God's gift to SmackDown, and you, you said that I was, so yes, you are correct. And he walks away. So Ricochet, in the distance, yells at L.A. Knight when he walks away. You keep running your mouth because someone eventually is going to end up shutting it. So we're going to get L.A. Knight versus Ricochet on SmackDown. Sign me up. This is the type of competitive mid-card stuff I want to see on SmackDown. I think that would be great. We need more stuff like that, not only in WWE, but AEW as well. So I'm looking forward to that. L.A. Knight versus Ricochet, good stuff. Karrion Cross. This may have been when everybody started to step away. Karrion Cross versus Madcap Moss. This was not entertaining at all and merely filler for what was, like I said, a lackluster show. This was the longest match of the evening. This went almost 10 minutes. 10 minutes with Karrion Cross. And again, largely indifferent was St. Louis. To Karrion Cross, I said this. I said this when Karrion Cross wrestled Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules. The reason why people do not find Karrion Cross interesting when he basically has everything you want from a performer. He's got an incredible look. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got the entrance. He's got everything that you want. He cuts a great promo. He's got everything. He's not bad in the ring. It's the way Karrion Cross wrestles in the ring. 
Everything is slow and methodical. Everything is just at his own pace. Seriously. That's the problem. He only knows one style. It's carrying Cross's style. Now, I'm not, telling, I'm not telling him how to do his job because I'm not a pro wrestler. I can only give an outsider's perspective. I can tell you from my point of view, and this was the same thing with Drew McIntyre at Extreme Rules. Go back and look at Drew McIntyre's body of work. Go. You put him in the ring against anybody. He's been in the ring with everybody. He's been in the ring with Sami Zayn. He's been in the ring with Kevin Owens. He's been in the ring with Ricochet. He's been in the ring with Roman Reigns. He's been in there with basically all of the major names that WWE has to offer. Brock Lesnar. He's been in there with all shapes, sizes, and styles. Drew McIntyre never wrestles one way. He doesn't wrestle the Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, six foot six, 265 fucking pounds. Okay? He doesn't wrestle like a fucking big man. Drew McIntyre wrestles the way his opponent wrestles. If Drew McIntyre's in there with Ricochet, he's going to give you a little of that Drew McIntyre style, and then he's going to give you, hey, I can hang with Ricochet. I could do the shit that Ricochet does. I could pick up the pace like Ricochet wants me to and deliver an exciting and explosive match. That's the, that's the great thing about Drew McIntyre. Same thing with Kevin Owens. Look at the matches that he's had with Ricochet, Kevin Owens, and guys like that. Sami Zayn. McIntyre just works with everybody. Now, Mad Cat Moss is not like a ricochet. He's not going to be flying around in there, but Mad Cat Moss is explosive. Mad Cat Moss is quick. He is very good at what he does. He's not boring in the ring. Mad Cap and Karrion Cross tonight, it, it did not hit because Karrion Cross wrestles one style. He did that with Drew. He did it with Mad Cap. How many matches has Karrion Cross had on SmackDown or in WWE since he's been back? Three, four? Couple squashes, two major matches here. This was, you know, a mid-card name that he was in there against just to give him some work before next week. But it's not good. He doesn't look good. It comes off as boring. The fans are going to translate that as boring. The indifference, honestly, the indifference is worse than anything. I would rather him get booed out of the building than what we heard tonight. Silence. Nobody made a fucking peep. The crowd was legitimately dead for Karrion Cross and Mad Cat Moss. Not a good look for Karrion. Something has to change. I don't know if it's being discussed internally. I don't know if management's picking up on it. Something is off. Something is off. And something needs to be fixed before we get too late, dig ourselves a hole, and he can't dig his way out of it. Because he's got the makings of everything he would want. What the fuck is the problem? Is he just that boring? Is he capable of change? I don't know. Ten minutes. Cross was in control. He backed Moss into the corner. Cross gave Moss a Northern Light suplex, rolled through into a stiff clothesline. Cross slowed the pace down, beat Moss down some more. Moss started to fire up, fought back with a clothesline. Cross fights back against Moss. Moss hit a spine buster for a near fall. He then hits a series of shoulder tackles in the corner. He's getting momentum. After a distraction from Scarlett, Cross took over and hit Moss in the back with a forearm for the one, uh, for the one, two, three. He's got that that hidden blade, uh, Will Osprey like maneuver that he does. So he's been ending people with that, and then he put Moss in a chokehold, and then tells Drew McIntyre that 
Moss was more of a challenge. Moss was more of a man than Drew McIntyre was because he wasn't a coward. So he puts Moss in a chokehold and pretty much promises to beat Drew McIntyre at Crown Jewel, which I do think will end up being the case in Saudi Arabia. Because I think WWE is going to have cross over McIntyre as far as priorities are concerned. He needs that big win. So we go on from Cross and Metcap to Kayla Braxton interviewing Rey Mysterio. She was interviewing Rey Mysterio about the Intercontinental Championship match that he will be having next week. I believe next week. And Imperium, before he said anything, he says he's happy to be here, happy to be challenging for the IC title. And before he could say anything else, Imperium attacked him with a chair and started to choke him out. So they hold him. Gunther walks into frame and Gunther ripped off his shirt, intimidating him before the IC title match and ripped off his shirt and chopped him down to the ground. Rey Mysterio was holding his chest, writhing in pain from one Gunther chop. This is going to be a fucking bloodbath between Gunther and Rey Mysterio, and it's not going to end well for Rey Mysterio. We come to the end. Bray Wyatt. They left Bray Wyatt with maybe, I would say, five minutes. Five minutes till the top of the hour on SmackDown. Bray Wyatt's music began playing that one solo keyboard note, that piano note, that one note, and then it speeds up, and I'm kind of enjoying Bray Wyatt's theme music a little bit more now that I hear it more and more and more. Bray Wyatt's music hit. We got the the door and the light. He walks through the door with the light shining with the lantern. He does the whole nine. Everybody held up their phones. We got all the fireflies in St. Louis. Wyatt made his entrance. Crowd is cheering. Wyatt gets in the ring. He swung the lantern, held it next to his face. He turned it off. The arena remained dark, and he took the microphone and addressed the crowd live in the ring. He says this is all still new to him, but he can't get used to it. Wyatt then started laughing. He didn't seem like his normal self. He seemed a little disturbed. So he started laughing. Crowd is chanting, welcome back, welcome back. I mean, it's a little too late for welcome back. He's been back for three weeks now. Wyatt then said that when the crowd does that, it makes him feel invulnerable. Wyatt says he wants to do something wild. He said, it's just him and the crowd. He said, there is no mask. There is no smoke and mirrors. Wyatt says that he wants the crowd to get used to it. He wants them to get used to Bray, the real man. This is the realest version of me, the best version of me that you will get. Wyatt said that he's going to do spectacular things while he's in WWE. He said for the majority of his life, he's been out of control. He says his emotions don't work like other people and can send him into a dark place. Wyatt said that sometimes, no matter how hard he tries, he doesn't feel anything at all. Wyatt said it's part of what makes him Bray Wyatt. He says to get where he's gotten, he's had to do horrible things. He said part of him likes that he's not afraid to do horrible things. Wyatt then said there will come another time where he will be faced with adversity and he will have to do something completely horrible. So he's basically foreshadowing what is going to happen. The screen 
And everything that we saw on the screen, just static screen. We see a QR code on the screen. The light in the ring goes dark. We don't see Bray anymore. Light in the arena goes dark. Bray is off screen now. Now we're focused on the Titans run. We get this fuzzy screen. We got that man with the mask again. Another QR code quickly showed up. I don't know what the QR code uh, was, was about. I didn't really check online. So the screen went black. We got this fuzzy screen. And the man that we saw last week, who we all thought was Uncle Howdy, a man with white hair and a mustache, showed himself on the screen. And we got a very, very clear look at who Uncle Howdy is. The face asked who he was. Who is Bray Wyatt? He said, there is no mask. He says, they took him away. They took who away? I'm assuming they mean the fiend. They took the fiend away. The face then says, you'll never be able to hide from him. Who is him? Is him somebody else? Is him the evil version of this current Bray Wyatt? Is him the fiend? I don't know. And then he addresses Bray Wyatt in the ring. You can call me your Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy is actually a fucking mask. The man that we thought yeah, uh, last week was a new character, uh, somebody new. Vincent from The Righteous. They signed Vincent and Dutch from Ring of Honor, right? All the rumors going around that WWE brought them into WWE and signed Vincent to WWE. Everybody's like, he's going to be playing Uncle Howdy. I'm like, all right, Uncle Howdy is this guy. He's got similar facial features and a mustache and this and that. Some people were even thinking it was Barry Windham. Some people were thinking that is a relative of Bray Wyatt. They're, they're getting family now involved in this new gimmick, this new direction of Bray Wyatt on WWE television. It wasn't Vincent. It wasn't Barry Windham. It wasn't Bo Dallas. Uncle Howdy and what we saw last week, which looked like a fucking human, and somebody there, a new character being introduced to the fucking Wyatt universe, Uncle Howdy was a fucking mask. We saw Uncle Howdy on screen tonight, and Uncle Howdy was Bray Wyatt in a fucking mask. So is Bray Wyatt feuding with himself? Is Bray Wyatt feuding with his alter ego? Or alter egos? Is Bray Wyatt all of the Wyatt Six? Is Bray Wyatt's first introduction to the Wyatt Six, Uncle Howdy? Is this going to lead to all of Wyatt's different fucking alter egos, which will then be revealed as actual fucking people that he fleshes out to fill those fucking alter egos? I don't know. I don't know what exactly is going on here, but they're going to have to give some answers. They're going to have to give some answers and quick to what Bray Wyatt is doing. They can't prolong this. I already sense people online, oh my God, this is disappointing. Oh my God, I need more answers. It's going to be a long wait. It is going to be a journey. You're not going to get everything in one shot. The answers are going to come to you when Bray Wyatt wants to give you the fucking answers. I get that you want people. You want acts associated with these fucking characters that we're about to see on television. But I was blown away at the fact that 
Bray Wyatt, the voice of Bray Wyatt, was emanating from underneath the Uncle Howdy mask. Could it be Bo Dallas? There's a possibility that it could be Bo Dallas. But it sounded like Bray to me. Bray Wyatt is Uncle Howdy. Uncle Howdy is a fucking version of Bray Wyatt. And that's the way the show went off the air. I am your Uncle Howdy. We got confirmation that Uncle Howdy exists in the Bray Wyatt, Wyatt 6, or the Bray Wyatt universe. And that's the way SmackDown went off the air. I don't know what his actual in-ring character is going to be. I haven't even began to think about that. I don't know. A lot of it is a huge question mark, honestly. So, this show, from top to bottom, outside of the Roman Reigns stuff, Sami Zayn stuff, Jay Uso, and the Bloodline, it was rather disappointing, man. It was a lackluster effort that I feel like they put no effort into because they moved to FS1 and they knew nobody was going to end up watching it. It was an off week for them. I felt like with the World Series, they were like, nobody's going to give a shit about us. So they did as little as possible to just get two hours of television with giving you one big storyline with the bloodline because they got that big match with Roman Reigns and Logan Paul that they got to set up and they want to start planting seeds for what happens after Crown Jewel. I can't wait for Crown Jewel to be over. To be quite honest with you, I think Crown Jewel and the existence of Crown Jewel is holding these shows back. I do. Every fucking year. Twice a year this shit happens. I feel like these Crown Jewel shows, these Saudi shows, hold the main WWE shows back because they're forced to build these matches that don't have any heat to them at all. None of these matches have any heat. The television show suffers. Nobody gives a fuck about the pay-per-view because you're either like me and have to watch it or you don't watch it because you don't agree with WWE's partnership with the Saudis. And it just makes the shows very difficult to watch. This was a very difficult show to watch tonight because it was boring, as was Monday Night Raw. But we managed to get through it. It wasn't all bad. That Roman Reigns segment was one of the best segments of the entire year. Anyway, guys, we are going to jump into the Super Chats right now and start relaxing as we wind down for this Friday night. Appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Remember, guys, we got House of Glory tomorrow night. Fight TV, if you guys want in on that, you guys can sit down, enjoy cold beverage in the comfort of your own home. Listen to me and Solomon's to call the action tomorrow night. House of Glory, Fight TV. So make sure you guys go and check that out. We're bringing you Judas. Should be good. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I see 728 likes. I told you I need 1,000 likes minimum. So if you guys are in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, I need you to hit that thumbs up. And 14% of the people in this chat are not Usi. I am shocked. What the fuck is wrong with you guys, man? Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and go check out all the other content on the channel. It is on the homepage right now. Tonight's show sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. Manscaped.com. 
Guys, Halloween is on Monday. Halloween is on Monday, man, and you guys should consider yourself lucky this Halloween season, man. Luckily, our friends over at Manscaped launched their fourth-generation performance package to make sure that your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience this Halloween season. You're going to turn your bite-sized treat into a king-sized candy and join the six million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com. You're going to save 20% off and get free shipping when you use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout. What's in the performance package? You got the holy grail of the performance package, the lawnmower 4.0, man. Awesome, awesome tool to get the job done. Advanced skin safe technology, LED light, waterproof, ceramic blade. You can't go wrong. Also, they got the Weed Whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer. Total game changer. Great compliment for the Lawnmower 4.0. Also, Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver to make sure that your pumpkins stay fresh. Manscaped's got the new Body Buffer, which I think is fantastic. 100% antibacterial body scrubber. Just what you need to keep fresh this Halloween season. And two free gifts in the performance package. Shed travel bag and Manscaped boxers. You can't go wrong with that, man. And if you need anything else, they just added the sheer nail kit. The sheer 2.0 nail kit, man, which I haven't tried out yet, but I heard is great. Manscaped.com, code script 20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny. With Manscaped. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Roman and Jay both broke character. Sami Zayn is so good. Yes, he is. Sami Zayn is a national treasure, man. He needs to be protected at all costs. All costs. DC with a $10 super chat. Do you think WWE will have another Daniel Bryan situation with Sami Zayn? He's damn close to yes movement level. And he's going to need some gold pretty soon here. Would you have him beat Roman or the Usos? Uh, DC. Uh, Sami Zayn is nowhere near yes movement level. You're really underestimating the yes movement, bro. Sami Zayn is gonna be one of the biggest, if not the biggest babyface on SmackDown. Not officially, but by crowd reaction, probably. Um, I don't have him beat Roman. I do have him beat the Usos, being that he's feuding with Jay Uso right now, or not, I, I should say, internally arguing with Jay Uso. I do think that Sami Zayn gets the best of the Usos by enlisting Kevin Owens, and they. Do KO and Sammy against the Usos at WrestleMania. Tony Brown with a 199 Super Chat. Scarlet is so hot. She's a beautiful woman, Tony Brown. You know your shit, Tony Brown. Cozy Cleveland with a 499 Super Chat. I'm going to assume the N is silent. 
Could the thing that gets Sammy kicked out of the bloodline be him costing Roman one of the titles? Could be a way to further the story and free up a title. Listen, it makes sense. It makes sense. Do I think that's going to be the way that Roman loses one of the titles? No. The Three Kings with a 199 Super Chat. I'm feeling really oozy tonight. Anyone else? I think uh, 86% of the people in here, uh, Kings, is feeling oozy. 14% are not. And I'd love to know who they are. I, I, I got to think that they're trolling at this point. Hologram with a $5 Super Chat. Juicy Oosie got to be a new drink in the venue. It's got to be, man. Man, I don't know what it is with the Phillies this year, man. Listen, the Braves did it last year with, uh, what, 88 wins? Philly could do it this year. I don't know. I don't know what it is with the Phillies this year, bro. They're just hot. Both teams are hot, but I think the Phillies are hotter. And you would think the Astros got all this momentum, right? Sweeping the Yankees. I don't know, man. Sidro with a $5 Super Chat times two. What did the pro wrestler do before jumping out of the plane? He worked himself into a chute. You know, parachute. I'm going to assume Jesse gives that one to Takas. And Sidro with another one. How did rescuers track down Bianca Belair after she got lost in a snowstorm? They pointed to the fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, Prince-like. Print. Prince. P-R-I-N-T-S. Yeah, you, you guys get it. Jesse gives that one two and a half tacos. Right, Jesse, right? Two, two, two and a half tacos, right? Oh, three. Okay, three. Three tacos for that one. Larry Leo with a five-month membership. OTS Friday, says Larry Leo. Thank you for the five months, brother. Sidro with two more jokes. $10 Super Chat. The Undertaker gets a huge pop when he makes his entrance. It's his knee. Don't, don't do Undertaker dirty like that, bro. He's not Kevin Nash. Did you hear that Randy Orton is well-known in the WWE locker room for being the best money lender? They call him the Apex Creditor. See, that, that, that's my favorite. Jesse, we're giving Sidro four tacos on that one. Three and a half? All right, we'll do three and a half. That was a good one. That was the best one so far. Mick Swagger with 14 months. The best show and only wrestling podcast in the IWC that matters. You better fucking believe it. It's part of my daily routine and has revived my love for pro wrestling. Hashtag OTS Warrior. Thank you, Mick Swagger. That means a lot to me, brother. Not today, Jay with a 499 Super Chat. The Bloodline segment was absolute gold. It was incredible, bro. Omega Kong with a 10-month membership. Thank you, Omega Kong. 
Had a heart scare, but recovery is very well. OTS always makes me feel oozy. LOL. Funniest segment in a while. Cheers, JD. Omega Con, get better, brother. I am glad you are feeling oozy. DC with a Canadian $2 super chat. Solo has a big Umaga vibe in his in-ring style. Yes, he does. You can see the little inklings of Umaga in there. Not today, Jay with a 499 super chat. Thank you, man. Isaac Wilson with a $2 super chat. How would you feel about Mako Satomura on Raw or SmackDown? I'd love it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Mako's going to want to travel weekly. I believe she owns a wrestling school in the United Kingdom, if I'm not mistaken. Not today, Jay, with two 499 Super Chats. Ronda Lousy is terrible. I know Paul is the reason she's in the company, but he needs to fire her. That would be best for business. Yeah, Ronda sucks. Ronda is nowhere near what the WWE needs right now. Nowhere. Sheamus's wedding was earlier today. Congratulations to Sheamus. Good for him. He's got all weekend to celebrate. And then next week when he goes on his honeymoon. Isaac Wilson with a $2 super chat. The new day with Big E equals Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Not today, Jay, with a 999 super chat. Paul's problem is he has that hardcore fans who's watch NXT and they make up like 20% of his live audience. Then he has the casual fans who make up the other 80% of his live audience. He's just got to condition them better, bro. We can't be throwing Emma out there with absolutely no build or fucking vignette in a match against somebody who fucking sucks at her job. Kratos. $2 Super Chat. Next week is taped, JD. Show was boring tonight. Yes, it was, bro. Very, very lackluster. Jericho with a $5 Super Chat. Have you seen, heard about the return teasers of the House of Black that posted on Twitter? Yes, I saw them. Seems Malachi is on his way back to AW sooner than we thought. Good. Good. Give them the trios titles. Give them the trios titles and give them a fucking huge spotlight. All four of them. That's what it seems like to me. That's what's being indicated there. Tony Khan is basically going to be forced to push them because he fucked up. This is going to be Tony Khan's make good for the House of Black. And if he doesn't do it right, God help his fucking soul, man. And Jaxo with a three-month membership. Astros, Phillies are in extra innings. Also, I can't wait. Bianca, Bailey, and I think they will give Bailey the title in Saudi. I don't know, man. I don't know if they're going to give Bailey the title. I could see Bianca winning the title. It's a last woman standing match. I could see Bailey losing that match and then as a make good. Have her win the entire feud by winning war games. I just don't see WWE wanting to take the title off of Bianca Belair right now. 
That's just me. Anyway, guys, I'm about to get out of here. Hopefully you enjoyed tonight's show. I know it was a little uh, a little less than Friday nights are a little difficult to stream now with the NBA being back. But it seems like we were number one, I believe, right? Maybe. I think we were number one tonight, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate you guys very much for stopping by tonight, man. OTS Venue is going to be back open this weekend, man. We'll be live at some point with episode 450 of the podcast. VIP only, man. We'll be VIP only on Sunday. And we'll have a good time. And we'll do our thing, man. Wrap up the week before we move on into Crown Jewel Week. I would like to... Uh, well, let me roll this window down. I would like to play Call of Duty Hologram. I may actually jump on right now to uh, get a couple of reps in, bro. I actually quite enjoyed myself earlier today, man. No stress. Just playing. I don't know what gun I'm using, but uh, I got to figure that out. But I will be streaming some Call of Duty. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you for stopping by. Please hit that thumbs up. At JD from NY206 on Twitter. Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. And go check out today's extra. Earlier today, man. We were live for about an hour, man. Quick. Quick. So go check that out for all the latest news from today. Get you caught up. And Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Code script 20 at checkout. 20% off and free shipping. Guys, I'm getting out of here. If there's any late-breaking news, I'll do an extra tomorrow. But if not, I'll see you at Laboom if you're going to be there for Hog. I'll see you guys on Fight TV tomorrow night. And then you'll see me live on Sunday for episode 450, guys. Until then, let me see those ace emojis. Let me see those rock on emojis. Let me see those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that music on max. I'll see you guys for episode 450 on Sunday night.